Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> let's just try this again. Let's, let's welcome, do it. Welcome to my podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> Where we're just winging it. I don't really have an intro, and it's the second time we've, third time we've tried this, and I still haven't found a clever intro, but yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for joining me, and we'll see if this works out, right? Let's go for it. Let's try it. Okay, so... Tell us who you are. Who are, who is Paige Sagach? All right. Who's Paige Sagach? We already figured out your age from the last <laughs> time we tried this. So there's no secret now. I'm 33. Um, I like to think that's like the year of Jesus. Cause I think that's the year that like Jesus actually died on the cross. <laughs> so that's what I call there it. There you go. But, but um, you know, I am um, just um, a woman, girl, however you want to describe it, um, who loves Jesus. I am still trying to figure out life because I feel like I'm going to be doing that for the rest of my life. I'm on a journey to discover uh, who Jesus like is. It's going to become more real to me as time comes on, uh, goes on. I'm trying to figure out who I am all the while um, loving those around me and getting better at relationships. So that's who I am. I love that. <laughs> and when we try to like try to get people to picture our our friendship story, it started back when I moved to Missouri and you were at a, mm-hmm. you were a client of mine right before you got married cuz yes. I believe I was doing a practice updo, correct? Before you I were. actually cut your hair? Yeah. And you were the crazy young girl getting married. I like, was. You were a young babe and I was like, uh, yeah. "What?" She's getting married already. And, and then it took like, what, maybe like how many years until we actually became like really good friends? It was a long time. Um, yeah, I would almost say it was about seven years or maybe even longer, seven, eight years. Yeah. And then we, you know, we became attached, but I think, I think as you like to say it, I didn't stop bugging you. No, (laughs) you didn't. (laughs) You, you were always there. And I don't know what, what took me so long. I always, I always, it was love at first sight for me when I saw you at the salon. (laughs) I did. It was, it was. I did. I I just loved you. And I, and um, I just think the issue was the hang up was that I wasn't great with relationships. Um, And it took me a while and it took some um, things being worked on in my heart to um, just, yeah, to open up to people. And, and I, thought, I just kept yeah. bugging you. I didn't yeah. let you no, I didn't really say open, no. I didn't open up to you. You just kind of like just pushed the door down. <laughs> I did. I knocked that wall down. And like our first, I think like our first times of actually hanging out was at Walmart at six in the morning. Do you want to explain that a little bit more to people that don't know? what shopping in Osage oh, Beach back I, in the day at six in the morning was yeah I feel like I already sound a little bit crazy but let's go for it let's let's, let's mo- go for it we have a lot move- of time to prove that you're not crazy I promise or okay we're or we'll remove all doubt that I yeah okay so um yeah I was into couponing and I had a couponing uh, website I was also into price matching and so I would go to Walmart at, you say six, but it could have been like 530. I don't know. It was early. I think it was almost 530. Yeah. I think you're right. And did we brought our kids. Did we ever? No, 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 we didn't. Okay. That no, was, I, oh. we had to do it before Joey went to school before he, before he That's had his class. Why. That's why we did it. So we didn't have kids because that would be even no. crazier. Okay. That was our bonding time. 
<laughs> I'm still shocked that you did that. But yeah, so you started going price matching with me to Walmart. And I really got to know you in the aisles of Walmart. <laughs> yes. And I think it was, I mean, I think there's rare times that like when we get older and you have kids to actually hang out with friends without your kids. And so if that meant going to Walmart at 530 in the morning and save money, some money on groceries, then it was, but you were like famous, like people that don't know this, it sounds so silly, but you would go to Walmart and this, this, what was it? Uh, what is it called? A spreadsheet that you would create was mm-hmm. at every checkout line at Walmart <laughs> and they just trusted Paige's research. Like if Paige said it was on, on sale and I felt like I was walking through Walmart with a celebrity. It was a pretty <laughs> cool thing. And then I'm just going to jump to this cause it was funny. And then Deerberg's another grocery store that we would go to had like this little section of all these discounted like yogurts that were going to go bad or snacks and (laughs) and I'll never forget I had a client that worked there and she was like (laughs) she came in for a haircut and she goes I have to ask you a question and I said okay and she's like I've noticed you've been shopping with with a girl and I said oh yeah she's one of my good friends Paige and she goes (laughs) can you tell me about her? And I said, why? And people that don't know Paige, you married a handsome dude that is from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And he <laughs> has a brother and a dad that lived in town and his dad spoke no English. Right. And you would take them shopping. So here was Paige with these two men that didn't speak English half the time. And she would go in the same aisles, probably the same routine and you actually, you would beat another couple that would do this. Oh, yeah. Am I wrong? Right? right? Yeah. Like, no. there was another couple that would go and check out those sale sales, and you were, like, ready to get there before they were. And so, we, you were, like, the celebrity and miss at the grocery stores. Oh, and I love my it. goodness. Yeah. And you did it all like just out of being passionate. Like you didn't charge anyone for it. You probably could have made a lot of money doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm an extremist by nature. And when I do something, it's hard for me to do it halfway. So I am going to go all the way every single time. Yes. And you did. And it was awesome. So yeah. So then we started hanging out and we kind of, I just dragged you along. I'd be like, let's go do this. And <laughs> You'd have no choice and you were just in it. And looking back, I'm kind of bummed because I don't think we actually got our husbands together very much. It was more of just us and the kids during the times we were together. And then you guys got the opportunity to move to Indiana. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And that was a big move. You guys didn't know it. I mean, you knew of people, but it wasn't like family was there. It was an opportunity that came up and you guys just jumped for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was totally unexpected because I was starting to get comfortable. There would have been a time that I probably would have wanted to move away, but I was at a place that, you know, our relationship was really starting to you know blossom, if I use that word. Um, and I was really getting comfortable. So when uh, the opportunity arose, we um, were offered um, a church to pastor a church in Indiana. I did not want to move because (laughs) I would have to leave a lot behind. So that was definitely an unexpected, uh, you know, curve in the road. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember like, I think it was hard for me too, because it was the first time filtering through, I mean, I moved to Missouri when I was 19 and just filtering through friends and just getting, going from single to being engaged to married, then being a mom. And I feel like our friendship was just strong and, and different than other friendships. And it, it wasn't almost until you were like playing your piano and singing a song, your farewell at church. <laughs> and I remember I was pregnant with my, with my little guy crew and I just bawled and I was like, oh my gosh. And you know me, I don't like to cry. And I was like, took everything to like, keep it inside. And, and you know, that was hard, but what was so cool is just, even to this day, how you are one of my closest, bestest friends mm-hmm. and, and we're there to cheer each other on and encourage one another through the highs and lows. And, and it's been cool. And I mean, even just to do life together and, and having you speak at the salon events back in the day and just how God's kind of woven a lot of different avenues within our lives together, yeah. you know, has yeah. been really cool. Yeah. Um, what were you saying? I was just going to say, you know, that's, that's proof. Our relationship is proof that long distance can work. Um, mm-hmm. I was very apprehensive of it. Uh, when I moved, I thought, well, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know if it was going to work with the, you know, what would happen. And, um, you know, you, you're, you're that, you know, knocking at the door type girl and you, <laughs> you just kept at it. But also, you know, I had gotten a little bit better, um, with communication. I still had a lot of work to do, still do. But um, I would definitely say 75% was you just being persistent, but um, it does work. It just takes, it does take effort. Um, but um, I actually think it's very healthy to have long distance relationships. Um, mm-hmm. They're very good because you can talk about things that are going on in your life um, that you can't talk about with people that are just like right in the middle of it. So it's always been, you know, it's always just nice to have, you know, that relationship. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. Even like you said, when you're in the thick of situations and things, I'm a, I've learned I'm a very, um, oh, what is the word? Oh, outward, what is it? Like I have to talk things through. What's the word I'm thinking um, of? Out, I mean, you process things out loud? I don't yes, know. Yes, yes. So another yeah. way of saying that. And a lot of times if I'm in the midst of something or it's a struggle or insecurities or just something I'm facing, it can like saying it to you could totally be my heart and trying to process it verbally. That's mm-hmm. what I was looking for. And then yeah. to someone that is in the midst of it and that does life with you, it could turn into gossip or just negativity, you know, where some mm-hmm. people don't yeah. want. And so it's refreshing, even in a marriage situation of just being able to reach out to you and say, Hey, this is a struggle I'm going through. And mm-hmm. am I wrong? Or should I have done this differently? Or even just needing someone to listen to me, but yet it's not mm-hmm. like you're going to judge my husband at that point. You know what I mean? Cause when you right. do life with people, you want to protect the people you love, but then it's also sometimes you feel trapped. I'm like, how do I work? I don't have mm-hmm. anyone to talk to about it. And so that is definitely something I think, but I think it, you have to be vulnerable too, because yeah, I think of conversations where I ask you to pray for me or I need, I need advice or help. I have to be so real and authentic with you about the situation, you know, mm-hmm. otherwise you're not going to get a good direction or advice or 
even um, encouragement if you're not being fully honest about the whole situation. So, right, right. And I think there's yeah. people where you move away from and, or you don't see very often. And it's almost exhausting when you think of having to call them because you're like, I need 20 minutes mm-hmm. to have this conversation with them. But then there's those relationships where I feel like I have with you, I could call and talk for a second and be like, okay, I got to go by. And there's no yeah. judgment or we could go a week without talking to each other. And it's not like, what did I do? So it does. It causes you to really dig deep and, you know, lean in on relationships right. when you do move away. So what, um, speaking of that, what is, what does friendship mean to you? Like when you hear the word, what is that? Wow. What does that mean? Or what is that? What's the first few things that come to your mind? Um, I think it's a necessity. Mm-hmm. I, um, I do not think it's optional to, um, living, like if you're living a healthy emotional life, um, I think friendship is, um, I mean, outside of your, uh, your, your marriage your your kids, I think it's really what life should, um, other than, you know, Jesus, it should revolve around your friendships, around your relationships. And, um, it is, that word has evolved for me over the, over the years, because I used to think that, um, I was strong if I didn't need anyone, mm-hmm. um, like if I had one friend, I'm like, that's okay. I'm not needy. I don't need a whole bunch of people in my life. And to me, that was strength. Now looking back is, oh my gosh, I was, I was very emotionally unhealthy and that's, that's a weakness. So, uh, for me, the measure of my emotional health is how am I doing, um, in my friendships, in my relationships, because I can, I can read all the books I want to. I can gain all the knowledge in the world. I can spend all the time with Jesus. But if my friendships are not healthy, then it's doing nothing for me. Yeah. And what do you, what do you do? I love that. I love that, you know, being a personality type of being confident and not wanting to be needy or, you know, need help or be weak. You put that title as to like one friend And so Mm -hmm. did you go from one friend to a ton of friends or were you one friend and it took you a while to open up and let people in? Do you still have walls? What does that look like (laughs) when you've realized, Hey, I, one friend isn't really going to benefit me or stretch me Mm -hmm. to grow in areas. So where, where did, where do those boundaries go from or what, yeah. What do you do to you right now with friends? Like, do you have a lot? Do you have just a few? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a question that I've asked myself a lot. Like how many friends can I actually have in my life? You know? And, mm-hmm. and I look, I look kind of like Jesus had 12 disciples. So I'm like, well, is 12 the max? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but I do know there is a max to how many people you can be very intimate with. So I I do believe that you can have a lot of friends, but it's going to be on different levels and, um, different friends are going to, I'm, are going to, I'm not, that's a crude way to put it, but for different reasons, I don't mean it like that, but they have, um, different parts in your life Mm -hmm. and you play different parts in their lives. Like I have friends that, okay, I have you like, I'm going through something by golly, like you're going to hear from me. I'm like, I got to call Heidi (laughs) or Marco Polo Heidi. Yes. Um, 
And then, you know, then there's definitely like, hey, if I want to go see a movie, I know who to call up who likes to go see a movie, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, if I'm going to go rock climbing, I know who's going to go rock climbing with me. Uh, just down the list, um, if I'm going to talk about books with somebody, I've got, you know. So there's just like, it's just really beautiful because when you start to develop friendships, you know you have different friendships in your life for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um I do think it is important to know where the boundaries are and not to let everybody in all at once and just like unload on everybody. You have to know your safe places. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, like I said, I'm still trying to figure all that out, but it is starting, it's starting to come into picture for me of what it looks like to have different friends. Yeah. For for different seasons and just different uh, reasons. And if someone's listening, going, how do I, what does that look like to find a friendship that's safe? Like, what would, what does that definition mean to you for someone that's like, well, what does that mean? Like, what is, what is, you know, a group of friends or the friends that you feel safe with? What does that mean to you in your life? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think safe takes time. Um, I think it's a big mistake when you just you know, when you meet somebody and you come, you become close really fast and there's no track record of your friendship. Um, there's no foundation built. And if you just share too much too soon, um, it, it can have the capacity to, you know, break that friendship or it can be very unhealthy. So I do believe that a safe friendship is one that's been going on for some time. And um, that, that friend and you have proven to be faithful to each Mm -hmm. other. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it just takes, um, it also takes vulnerability, like major vulnerability. Um, if you aren't honest with each other, uh, that's, uh, that's an unhealthy thing. Um, you know, it's, it's good to see, to see each other at least cry at least once together. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you both don't like to cry. Um, Yeah. And so I just think it takes steps, just, just stepping into it little by little, not just running into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that's what I would say. I love that. And you know, it, it's so cool. And I remember like, I think sometimes even, I don't know, I feel like there's certain things that you think would go away when you get older and I'll never forget. Like when you moved there and I was like, oh my goodness, my best friend is moving away. And then like you'd call and all these awesome things are happening. And inside I was like kind of mad because I'm like, she's mm-hmm. not supposed to like it there. She is supposed <laughs> to come back. She all stay at the beach and be with me. And oh. I'll never forget, like, even when you started talking about sweet little Rochelle. And I <laughs> adore her, but I remember like, who is this blonde girl? And then I stalk her on social media and I'm like, and she's gorgeous. Like what? And she loves Jesus. Like, oh, I'm replaced. And, you know, honestly, God worked on my heart so much in that season. Cause it was like, I think mm-hmm. I went from having so many friends to being an open book to so many levels and being hurt because I opened up so much Mm -hmm. to then like, I liked having one. And then when you left, I was like, but you were my friend. Like I was like selfish, like Paige can't be anyone else's friend. And just like, just being aware of that and asking myself like, why am I feeling this way? And like, but instead being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to admit this, but then I'm also going to turn it then back to, um, 
-hmm. praise and thankfulness to Jesus that my really good friend has found an awesome friend to do life with and to introduce to the area and to feel welcomed. And so I think it's also getting to that safe place is kind of going through those emotions and learning how to navigate through them because it's really easy whenever as girls, we go through emotions, whether it's jealousy or a friend hurts our feelings and they, they, they don't know about it or they keep Mm -hmm. doing something that bothers us. And it's really easy to navigate away. And then that friendship just breaks away and it's never, it's never been leaned into or been discussed. And so I think it's, it's really cool. And now I just love it because I'm even that much more thankful that you have created an awesome community there and they've all reached out to you and that I'm, I'm friends with Rochelle and I love her to death, but it's crazy Mm -hmm. how there's so many things that if we let the enemy like invade our space and invade our mind and our thinking, things can just be totally lost and we can lose things that are special. And so I just think as girls, we sometimes don't know how to navigate through those emotions of insecurities, jealousy, or anything like that. So true. Yeah. And it's sad how many relationships do end because of those, those negative emotions, um, not wanting to share it. You just, Mm. you don't, Mm -hmm. you don't want to go there because especially this happens with like people pleasers. I know because I'm a recovering one, um, something negative happens in your relationship or you're having negative feelings. You don't want to have that conversation with the, with your friend because you don't want to let them down. You don't or or you don't want to look bad in their eyes. You don't want to look petty. So then you just kind of pull away. Mm-hmm. And and that's so dangerous because um, and then that uh, then that person, the other person on the other end realizes you're pulling away and then and then they'll pull away. And it's so sad because so many relationships end over nonsense. Um, mm-hmm. And really, the way to combat that is to just say, you know what, no matter how much this hurts, no matter how painful it is, I'm going to lean in. And I'm going to do my all to, to, to mend this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes, and that's, and that's bravery. That's, that's, you have to be courageous to step in and do that. But, yeah. yeah. And I think even just really trying to figure out how to deliver situations and emotions oh, yeah. because, you know, I'm like the most defensive person that gets, I just get like, I'm an extremist. I get so defensive and I hate it. And I try so hard yeah. to ask Jesus all the time, like, help me just lay the wall down, like just tear it down. Do not allow (laughs) me to be defensive. But it's like, if you can deliver a message in a way of Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I know this wasn't your intentions, but this is what happened. Like it softens the heart and you respect each other and you grow. And honestly, it's just like a marriage because you just then get to know your friends on a whole different level. And Mm -hmm. I think God's taught me a lot in the last year is you can't, you cannot keep up with having a huge group of friends. You really can't Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's exhausting and it's, and, and not that those friends might not consider you their good friend, but your energy, it's really important to figure out who is in your tribe and who's for you right? and to invest in that because you get worn thin stretching yourself, you know, way too far. Um, What do you see? is a struggle right now in our generation and in today's world with friendships. What do you think is something that you see happen often or something you struggle with or something you hear about? Is there anything that comes to your mind? 
Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I think social media mm-hmm. is, um, can be very dangerous to friendships. Um, because people feel very safe behind, uh, the wall of technology. So they will say things on there that they wouldn't normally say to a person's face. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of, um, you know, people spouting their opinions online or saying things online that I I do think that later they will regret because it's going to hurt their relationships, but also, with that being said, that that's one thing that social media does, but also this faux connection, like, oh, I talked to, so if you and I were just like communicating on social media and our, our form of connect, connecting was like me posting on your photo, like, oh, you look so good, you know, mm-hmm. and then you, you saying something back to me, I would, I would feel like I'm connected to you because mm-hmm. we are talking on social media, but the truth is we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very shallow, um, friendship level, you know, a very shallow mm-hmm. thing. So I think that some people really think they're connected, but they're not as connected as they think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that we are going to see this next generation have to navigate, um, having real life, um, mature relationships where they're going to have to say things out from behind their computer screen, their phone screen, into people's faces. So that's that's mm-hmm. probably one of the biggest things I see right now. Especially, I have a 13 year old, and it's funny. Uh, one of her friends will come over and um, just to hang out, and you'll walk downstairs, and they're both sitting on their phone. <laughs> it's like I'm like, did you want to hang out? And they're like, we are hanging out. I'm like, but you're talking to other people. So <laughs> I I see that you know being a challenge in this generation. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Now, from me seeing you just grow in so many ways, I I feel like you've grown in the way of communicating and connecting with people and letting them know how you feel. So mm. the page when you were 20, oh. <laughs> I could be wrong, but was more of a people pleaser oh, yeah. and go with the flow and you didn't get shaken very much. You just, you were very like, um, just, you were there, you were content, you know, like you weren't super aggressive. You weren't passive. You weren't like even extremely passionate about things outwardly Mm -hmm. at least. Yeah. And you were just to yourself. And now I feel like there's a whole different page. And so tell me about maybe one or two aspects or what got you from there to where you're at now. Yeah, well, I, I kind of feel like I went through a second puberty. Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I don't Who know. Knows? Um, so I would say, you know, the, the real me was always there. Um, but you're right. My, my people pleasing was such a barrier. It was a wall. And so I could become whoever I needed to be um, with whoever I was with. If you needed me to be excited, I'd get excited. Um, if a dominant personality um, was in the room, I would I would be quiet. Um, if a quiet personality was in the room, I could be loud. So I really didn't know who I was. I think that was the issue. And I had been so used to playing to other people's, um, you know, just playing up to them, who they wanted me to be. It, that was big in my teenage years. I literally would go from hanging out with one group of friends all of my preppy friends, I would dress up for them. 
I would dress preppy. And then I had skater friends. Mm-hmm. I would get changed in the car and dress up like a punk girl to go hang out with my skater friends. Oh, and goodness. that's how I know. So sad. My, my 13 year old laughs at me so hard when I tell her that, but anyways, um, that's, that was me. And I'm, honestly, nothing changed uh, when I was 20. I was still doing the same thing, just not as obvious. Um, and so what probably um, brought me out of that was, first off, like, obviously, my relationship with Jesus. It was a, mm-hmm. it was a big eye-opener to me to realize, you know, I'm not as healthy as I think I am. My soul isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to people that inspired me. I know Judas Smith. He has a book called How's Your Soul? Just really waking up to that I actually have a soul and I'm not sure how it is. And then mm-hmm. also being around people, even like you, people that would kind of um, ask me how I'm doing, not just like, Hey Paige, hi, how are you doing? But you're like, no, really, how are you doing? And when somebody asks me that, it's not like I can answer right away. I have to actually think, okay, how is Paige doing? You know, like, mm-hmm. and so being around healthy people um, and people that uh, are were willing to confront me on things. I'm also married to an Enneagram one. I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but <laughs> he's as honest as all get out. There is no mask. So I do know a huge part of me becoming who I am today has a lot to do with him um, pulling me out. So I just, yeah, I, 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 I truly think honestly though, the, the biggest um, probably help has been relationships, people that mm-hmm. have been willing to not be okay with um, the, the me who wore a mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's so it's, and I think it's one of those things where I don't think a lot of people even call other people out with that. You know, I mm-hmm. think we all know people that I think when you, you're choosing to mature yourself in your life and the choices you make and who you surround yourself or surround yourself with, we can all see people. And I almost have empathy for them with them and sympathy for them because they, mm-hmm. they really don't know who they are. And right. that has to be exhausting and draining. And, um, and I think that's where like loving other people so well in their moment and in their season is so important because, sometimes people are just constantly running the race, trying to keep up with people. And they don't know what, they don't even know what a real group of friends is. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And that, that's a hard, your friends are there for, for, you know, and what's, what's really cool is I had my mom on the podcast last time and Mm -hmm. she thought this whole 75 hard challenge was crazy that we were doing. And, and then she's like, I was inspired by it. And I just laughed so hard because (laughs) For people that are listening, Paige knows me. I'm always up for something fun. And she just said, do you want to do this challenge? And I'm like, yeah, I don't even ask. Like, I'm not even like, what is it? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. And um, and kind of find out it's just this intense, like, I just call it like the body, soul, mind detox. And totally out of, like, out of anything I've ever done, nothing. I'm not a organized or disciplined and I'm not that kind of person. And so I jumped on board. But what's so cool is the friendships that I've made through it Mm -hmm. with all the girls that have been challenging each other. And the cool thing is how different, like I thought about it a lot. So there's like eight of us, I think, that are in this little Mm -hmm. group chat. And we just check in and ask each other how we're doing on this challenge. And if one of us fails, there's always like someone like me that's like, oh, give yourself a break. Don't start over. 
And then other people are like, I'm starting over. Like, that's what we got to do. And so if you don't know what the 75 hard challenge is, I'm going to let you explain it because I'm, I'm too grace given. I'll, I'll oh. like water it down. I haven't done it fully, but do you want to give a little recap? Of yeah, what I that just, looks like? yeah, it's basically a 75 day challenge. If you fail any of the days, if you miss anything, you have to restart until you finish 75 days. And it's, um, working out twice a day for 45 minutes. One of those workouts has to be outside. It is uh, following a, a, a meal plan, a diet plan um, that you predetermined, but also it's like no sh- no um, alcohol, sugar, drugs, stuff like that. There's lots of variations of it out there too. Um, then it's also drinking a gallon, gallon of water, reading 10 pages of, of a book a day, and then taking a transformation like selfie, like full body selfie. So, yeah, yep, and that's so it. I jumped on board and we brought my friend Ashton on board and we mm-hmm. me and her I think we're the only ones in the beginning that had to modify it a little bit just because we went from never working out to not drinking water <laughs> and we're like let's just try to figure this thing out so but what my point is is there was this common common event this common challenge that all of us yeah. ate, and I only knew three of you and mm-hmm. We have the common goal of this challenge, but yes, but we also all know who Jesus is and he's important to us. But what's so cool to me, and I always just think it's crazy, is how we are all so extremely different. Like (laughs) I try to picture us all eight of us in a room together and if we would all click or what it would look like, like, would we all instantly become good friends or what that would look like? And it just goes to show when you figure out what's important to you in life and mm-hmm. you can keep that as a foundation and keep you grounded personally, like th- things can grow from it, you know, and right. we're gr- like, I have grown so much from each and every one of those girls in different aspects and just from walking to this journey and getting to know them and being honest and real with each other, I feel like I've known them when I haven't even met some of them. And I could literally yeah. give you like, this is their strength. This is what they're instantly so good at, or this is where she's really hard on herself. I wish she would give herself grace. And, but it's been so cool. And I feel like it's a really, um, it's like a reflection, I think, of how Jesus would be today. You know, like mm-hmm. you don't get caught up in, just politics or drama or like conversation is real and honest and like what Mm -hmm. is going on right now with our lives and yet it's fun and games as well but there's just so much depth when you find people that have a common goal and your foundation and beliefs are all online and Mm -hmm. you can grow personally so well from it um what was the hardest thing for you during 75 hard because I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. You're a pretty disciplined chick (laughs) and you're like a very like (laughs) list oriented and you enjoy checking that off, you know, that you did, you accomplished something. So what was challenging for you during that time? Yeah. Well, first off, I think you called me out once. Um, I don't think it's, or maybe I think it was you that said, maybe it's not discipline, but it's driven. Yes. Like I'm a super driven person. Um, and so if where I'm headed, I need to be disciplined by golly, I'm going to be disciplined. So, um, I do love lists, but then sometimes I, I have enough Enneagram seven in me that I'm like, Oh, I, I need to change up my routine. Yes. <laughs> but, um, the most challenging thing out of it, um, 
you know, I think it's also a mi- like mentally. I think it's, I think it mentally like pushing through it. Um, I I would have to say probably like working out twice a day um, would have to have been like the most challenging. Um, I entered it a little bit different than you did. So, uh, you know, I had been working out all the time. Um, so for, for some, for some time, but adding one more workout was like just ate a lot of the day away. And so that was definitely challenging. Um, but I will say the 75 hard, uh, the whole experience really impacted me and changed the way that I thought about disciplines because, oh, I also added Russian to mine. So I've been, I've been learning Russian for some time and I added that to it and I have struggled so hard to be consistent with that. And I was able to go 75 days doing it straight and it encouraged me so much. Mm. And I thought, oh my goodness, this, if I can do this, what else can I do in 75 Mm -hmm. days? And so it really, I think it like pushed a mental block over in my head and freed me in some area because it did change my mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the coolest thing, and um, I know you have to go soon, so I'll let you go. I just realized the time difference, but I think, (laughs) no, I think, um, and I said this to you in a little message I sent you earlier today, but like, I think it's one of those things that I I am just so all over the place. Like I am like a caffeinated squirrel. Someone used that term and I was like, that is me. I'm a caffeinated (laughs) squirrel. I just get distracted so easily. I get excited. I jump in, but I'm really quick to jump out. And Mm -hmm. I, I just kind of like go with the flow. And so for me to like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hold myself accountable and try to do this. And then to be in a group of group with girls that are like seriously taking it like to consideration, like to not mess up. And just to see that I didn't conquer it all the way through, but I was consistent with all of these things. And then when we stopped it, I still have been. And I think that is something that I've always been like, Paige is amazing at that. Like you are super intentional and you try your best at things when you get your mindset on it and you make time for it. So I've seen you over all the years and I just laugh when you're like, I got to wake up and get stuff done. And you would just get your jacket on and walk around your house a few times to wake up because you couldn't wake up. And I'm like, I would just not wake up. And you've always taken those steps. But even just to hear you on your message this Sunday at church, I was like, oh my gosh, like if I could think of anyone that, you know, from the outside, I see you as disciplined and you're always inspired and you're you get focused on things and you're like I I'm gonna get this like if I have this thought in my head or this idea I'm going to accomplish it and and the why behind it all and for you to like speak about it in a message is of course one thing like I told you earlier but like I can say from the sidelines watching you over all the years like that is who you are and I just am thankful to be inspired by someone like you because you, you, you are that person. You're not, it's easy to talk about it and it's easy to like want to become something, but not to fully take those steps. And even just having the conversations of you wanting to lean into hard situations and to be uncomfortable and to ask God, like shake things up. Like those are some tough prayers. And so I just, I just know every girl that gets to know you or observes you from far away is always inspired and encouraged. 
And I think it's awesome. So I just wanted to say that. And leading to that, I wanted to say, if you want to share really quickly, whether it's a quote or a saying or a self-talk speech you've been saying to yourself, what is a little something that we can walk away with, like a little truth nugget that has been constant in your mind or currently? Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that has been big this, this last year, 2020 and this year, um, I, I, um, I heard something by Brene Brown, um, that she said to always choose, um, courage over being comfortable. And so one thing I do every single morning when I get out of bed, um, I know it's kind of a little quirky. I always say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And the next thing I say is today I choose courage over being comfortable. Mm, that's good. Um, and it just reminds me that there's going to be some tough times in the day, but I would r- rather be courageous than comfortable. I love yeah. that. I love it. And in those moments where you're uncomfortable, how do you handle that? Uh, I just I just think about my future self Mm -hmm. and I always think what how will my future self be like happy with me if I go through this and I'm also thinking about my past self the self the self who got out of bed and said I choose courage over comfortable and I'm constantly keeping that in mind that this is just a moment and if I can push through this moment I'm going to make it on the other side and I, and I, and I'm going to make it. The only way I fail is if mm. I quit. So if I just keep That's going, awesome. I win. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's so true, but we're, we sometimes get so stuck in the moment. You know, we're always like live for the moment, be in the moment, yeah. be intentional. But, but like you said, it's like in, in those seasons, I think anyone can admit, like we grow so strong in those hard moments and it either, mm-hmm. you either grow yeah. and you're like, I am so much better or there's that huge regret and you're like that that's not what I should have done. And so when you lean into those moments mm-hmm. and to think and consider all of that, I think our outcome would be a lot different. And I love it. Right. Well, I'm excited to post this and I'm so excited that you're coming down to Missouri for a she, mm-hmm. which Yay! is happening in March. And so mm-hmm. of course I'm still winging it and we're getting details made, but I am just excited to have you back. And I just love, listening to you and I love being encouraged by you and thanks for letting me put you on the spot and ask you questions well thank you so much one thing real quick you know all those nice words you said about me of who I've become just know girl that you have a part in that. well you're sweet well you are becoming and that's I would... your word for the year right <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah oh man but I love it who I'm becoming well, I love it yeah. and I just yeah I think as I, I think I said it before but it's like I think everyone needs a page in their life. So if you don't have a page in your life, page is here. I will send you all her contact information. And we currently both have been taking a break on social media, right? Are you still on a break? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're detoxing. Are you back Uh, on it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've hopped on a couple times that I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of in a state where I'm trying Creating to figure it boundaries. out right now. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, just, yes. yeah. So if we don't respond to any of our social media, we're still live, even though people think that if you're not active on social media, that something's happened to you, which is kind of funny, but um, that could be a later subject. We could like do all of the talks about social media. Mm-hmm. So anyways, well, I love your friend. Go Let's pick go. up your girls from piano I love you and too. I'm sure I'll have you back on here. Okay, we'll see if it's recorded.
Okay. Love you, girl. <laughs> Bye. Love you. Bye-bye.